1: the will of God that all would come to repentance that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and declare him Lord and Savior of their lives that's God's perfect will perfect will for me perfect will for you perfect will for the world out there the human beings out there God's perfect will and when we pray for someone to come to salvation we are praying in God's perfect will and that's his will that's
0: what he wants to get done our problem is, we lose sight of eternity. Have you ever asked God, what is your will for my life? Or, God, what is my purpose on earth? Pastor Dave shares the answer to those questions. And while the answer may be simple, it can be hard to follow through with it. Because we live in a world full of temptations and distractions. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he continues his message, Love Not the World. You are assured.
1: We're told that the flesh profits nothing. Paul says, have no confidence in the flesh in Philippians 3. And then he says, make no provision for the flesh in Romans 13. Living for the flesh is not living a life that is real. So we have the lust of the flesh. Then we have the lust of the eyes. Whereas the lust of the flesh appealed to the appetites of the old nature, the lust of the eyes appeals in more of a refined way. It's a little bit more subtle. It's often said that the eyes are a gateway to the mind. It's often been said that. So these pleasures seek to satisfy and gratify the mind. The obvious one is what Jesus said, when you look after a woman and lust for her, you've committed adultery just by looking. We often look at other things with strong desire, material possession. I don't know if you've heard me around Christmas time, but I'll say it again because I like to repeat myself a million times. The worst commercial on TV is the husband takes his wife out to see her brand new car with the red ribbon on it. And as she's looking at it, the car that they're trying to get you to buy comes around the corner and she goes, ah, ah, Forgetting all about this beautiful car that her husband just bought her because she wants that brand new one there. Eyes tell you something, it's a craving. We gotta have the latest fad. I gotta have the latest phone. I gotta have the latest computer. I gotta have the latest TV. I gotta have the latest this, the latest that. I gotta have it. Lust of the eyes. If you have your Bibles, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. Interesting story. In Joshua, verse 7, excuse me, in Joshua chapter 7, Joshua chapter 7, there's a man named Achan. And Joshua and his gang of Israelites went against the city of Ai. And the first time they went against the city of Ai, after they had destroyed Jericho, they went against Ai and were completely, had their butts kicked. Completely. They couldn't understand why they were beaten. If God was on their side, why would we be beaten? But God told Joshua, there's sin in the camp. Somebody in the camp sinned. So Joshua lines up the entire group, and he starts counting them out. And it fell upon Achan, this man named Achan. And he asked them, what did you do? Listen to what Achan's reply was in chapter 7, verse 21. Achan says, "Or right, I'll start with 20. Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them, and they were hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Lust of the eyes. He had to have it. It was there for the taking, and he wanted it. And if you know the rest of the story, it cost him dearly because he and his family were taken out and they were stoned to death. Lust of the eyes could also be intellectual pursuits. Lust of the eye can be intellectual pursuits, which are contrary to God's word. Look at Psalm 1, the counsel of the ungodly, intellectual pursuits. Now, you're talking to an ex-school teacher, so education is important to me. Learning is good. But we cannot allow intellectualism to crowd the word of God into the background. And this is what's happening in today's schools. God is being pushed completely out. And all this intellectualism and this philosophical things are coming about. Causes. I'm for this cause. I'm for that cause. This intellectual idea of a cause is the lust of the eyes. Because it's contrary to the will of God. Contrary totally. Then there's the pride of life. God's glory is rich and full. Man's glory is vain and empty. And the Greek word here used for pride describes a braggart who was always trying to impress people by his importance. Have I told you how important I am lately? Let me tell you for a while how important I am lately. And when it comes your turn to talk, you can tell me how important I am. Pride of life is my desire to be known by men. To be praised by men. I want to be like God, to receive praise from men. I want to desire to be worshiped. And some people even sacrifice honesty and integrity to make an impression, to make an impression, to get you to think they're okay. These three things the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life are areas of Satan attacks. And he attacks us in these all the time. All you have to do is turn on the TV. My goodness, the attacks are ever coming towards you. I don't know about you, but all I have to do is do one little search on my computer for something, and then every time I turn on something else, that flashes in my screen. Constantly, constantly. Think about it. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Pride of life. Hmm. I'm here to tell you folks that there's nothing new under the sun. Because several thousands of years ago, there was this beautiful, wonderful garden. And God placed two people in there. One was named Adam, and his wife's name was Eve. And Satan came along one day as a serpent and enticed Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had told them not to eat of that tree. And if they ate of that tree, they will surely die. And Satan said, has God really said that you'll die? And Eve looked at the tree. It says in Genesis 3, 6. And the tree was beautiful to look upon, lust of the eye. She tasted the apple, and it was luscious for and It was present to eat, lust of the flesh. And if she ate it, she would become like God, pride of life. Has anything changed? Same is happening today. It is still rampant today. The world loves sin. It applauds it. How do I know? Just take a look at Hollywood. Hollywood encourages us to envy sinners and to foolishly compare ourselves with them. Oh, they're the beautiful people. I need to be like that. The popularity of the stars is due to their ability to stir up in you and stir up in me some dissatisfaction that is in our lives. Oh, I want to be like that. I need that. I have to have that. And Wall Street's no different. Wall Street, the biggest fads, the greatest fads, they pray. Not P-R-A-Y either. They pray on the world. They pray on our love for the world. All the marketing campaigns, all the things that come our way, they pray on it loving the world means that you're devoted to the world's treasures you're devoted to the world's philosophies and to the world's priorities but god's ways are upside down to the world god's ways are against the world and you know i love it when we that first blip when the music's playing of the chosen and you got all those white fish going this way and all of a sudden one turns around and goes the other way that's the christian folks the white fish coming this way is the world The fish going the other way, that's the Christian. That's what the Christian is supposed to be. God's ways are upside down. God tells his children to set their priorities on eternal systems, on eternal things. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added. That's what it says in Matthew. To continue to love the world like unbelievers, it's going to cripple your spiritual growth and it's going to render you fruitless in the kingdom of God because you'll have too much of the world to be satisfied with God and too much of God to be satisfied with the world. And you'll have a problem. Jesus takes it one step further in Matthew 10. Jesus said anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it to eternal life. Not loving the world extends to our own lives as well. Jesus said, if we love anything more than him, we are not worthy of him. Strong words. These are difficult words. These are tough words. But when we come to Christ, we leave the world behind. And you've sung it before. I have decided to follow Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. When we enter into God's family through faith in Jesus Christ, God gives us the ability to exit the world's rat race. We're a new creation. We become citizens of another kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And our desires turn heavenward. We begin to store up eternal treasures. We realize that what is truly important is eternal, not temporal. And we stop loving the world and its system, supposedly. John clarifies us this for us in verse 17a. He says, and the world is passing away. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. Even listen to the bad news, they'll tell you the world's passing away. I mean, think about it. I can't remember in my lifetime, two hurricanes coming at the exact same time, going to hit the coast within hundreds of miles of each other. Two of them coming up at the same time. It's like something out of Sharknado. Come on. You have to understand earthquakes and these things are happening. You have to understand that the the earth is groaning. Creation, it says, is groaning for the manifestation of the spirit. It's groaning. it's, It's yearning for the spirit. This world is going to pass away. And if you're bound up in worldly things, you hitched your wagon to a fallen star. You've hitched your wagon to the wrong thing. If you're loving the world and the things of the world and you're investing in them, guess what? They're going to perish. They're gonna go away. They're gonna poop, they're gonna be gone. They're gonna be gone. But my friends, there's always hope. There's always hope. Look at 17B. But yeah, there's the transition. There's your transition. He who does the will of God abides forever. Earth is passing away. Earth is going to be gone, but he who does the will of God will abide forever. The will of God. What is the will of God? That all would come to repentance, that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and declare him Lord and Savior of their lives. That's God's perfect will. Perfect will for me, perfect will for you, perfect will for the world out there, the human beings out there. God's perfect will. And when we pray for someone to come to salvation, we are praying in God's perfect will. And that's his will. That's what he wants to get done. Our problem is we lose sight of eternity. We're in this world and we get so involved in worldly things. Our vision becomes clouded and we lose the sense of consciousness of the eternal. And when this happens, Satan begins to slide in there and try to trip you up. When we lose the sight of what happened on the cross, when we lose the sight of the eternal, we become messed up. So Paul said it even better. And it's written in Scripture in Old Testament. But in Paul, in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 6, listen to what Paul says. I'm going to read verse 11 through 18. Listen to what Paul says to the Corinthian church. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak to you as children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has with Christ with above all? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them and be separate. Well, how could I come out from among them and not witness to them? Now, it's your lifestyle, is what he's talking about. Your lifestyle is supposed to be different than the world. Your lifestyle is supposed to show the fact that you are indeed a are in Christian. If I walk in the light as he walks in the light, if I don't hate my brother, I'm not in darkness. I love my brother and my sister. We're supposed to live different standards. Light and dark cannot co-mingle. It doesn't work that way. We can't have communion with the world. There's no common ground for meeting. The world always wants, 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 wants. But Christ always gives, gives, gives. We're to be different. We're expected to live differently. Different standards, different purposes. Jesus said, if you only love those that love you, what do you do more than others? Even the publicans do the same. But if you love those who hate you, and do good other those who despitefully use you, and pray for those who persecute you, you will be children of the Father. What's Jesus declaring here? You need to be different. Remember what he said to Peter? Just this last week? When Peter was complaining about Matthew he said you don't understand this is different and Jesus said get used to different <laughs> I love that get get used to different Peter we're to be different we're to be different The old worlds are passing away, but everything has become new in Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And now God lays the claim to you as a son and daughter. Love not the world, nor the things of the world, for he that hath the love of the world does not have the Father's love in him. It's the cry of the Spirit that we be reconciled with God. It's the ministry of reconciliation. You can only be reconciled to God as you come to the life through the Holy Spirit. As the spirit comes in your life and quickens you, and you deny your flesh, you deny yourself, you pick up your cross, you get away rid of your self-centered life, and you follow Jesus. That's the challenge. When we live materialistic, it's easy to get caught up in the world. It's easy to get swallowed up in the world. But it's important to remember that you've been set apart by God. You've been called for his special purpose. He's called you a special people. Called me peculiar, but he calls you special. He who does the will of God will abide forever. He who believes upon Jesus Christ, he who believes and trusts in him, will abide forever. We need to get the right perspective. Always should be allowing the Lord to change our perspective. And that's why we need brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes you might be in some sort of a funk. You might be going the wrong way. And a brother and sister will come alongside of you and will center you on the word of God, center you back on Jesus Christ. We need each other desperately. As God deals in our lives, he has the eternal view. He looks everything from eternal view. We have a temporal view. And how many times you say, God, I don't know what you're doing. Do you know what you're doing? You may have not said it, but I have. It's because you have your eyes on the temporal, not on the eternal. It's important that we take a step back and get that long view and realize the world's going to pass away. My home is really in heaven. and My Savior, I await. I will stand with him one day in that glorious day when he calls me home, and I'll be with him. And that's what matters most of anything. Do you have a one-way ticket? Have you got your ticket ready to go? Ready to have it punched when you're out of here? You need it, you need it. Today's world is filled with hopelessness and hostility. That's what the problem is, nobody has hope anymore. We're all running around hopeless and everybody is hostile towards one another. Some guy went into one of the areas that the demonstrators wanted to pray with them and they beat the heck out of him, beat him to a pulp. There's so much hate and hostility in the world. Jesus came to change that. He didn't come carrying a sign. He didn't come wanting to protest. He came with a simple message. Love your neighbor. Love God with all your heart. When Jesus taught and people believed, social issues went away. People's lives changed because they weren't looking to the world for the solution. The world has only one solution, and it's called death. Jesus' solution is life eternal with the Father. Life eternal with the Father. Came across this old hymn. It goes like this. I've turned my back upon the world with all its idle pleasures and set my heart on better things, on higher, holier treasures, No more its glitter and its glare. The vanity shall blind me. I've crossed the separating line and left the world behind me. I've left the old sad life of sin, its follies all forsaken. My standing place is now in Christ, his holy vows I've taken. Beneath the standard of the cross, the world henceforth shall find me. I've passed in Christ from death to life and left the world behind me. My soul shall never return again, back its former station, for here alone is perfect peace and rest from condemnation. I've made exchange of masters now. The vows of glory bind me, and once for all I've left the world. Yes, left the world behind me. My choice is made forevermore. I want no other Savior. I ask no pure happiness than his sweet love and favor. My heart is fixed on Jesus Christ. No more of the world shall blind me. I've crossed the Red Sea of his death. And left the world behind me. Beautiful words. Beautiful words. Have you left the world behind? Can you say. There's no turning back. That before me is the cross. And behind me is the world. And I've decided. To follow Jesus, that's my prayer that you have. It's my prayer that you have. And if you haven't, it is a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer to accept Jesus into your life, to ask forgiveness of the sin that so easily has beset you and that you are carrying around with you. And you just say a simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. I know that you died on the cross for me. I accept your sacrifice. Now fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit so that I can be like you. Forgive me, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. If you say a prayer like that, you will be entered into God's family. You will become a child of God. You will become born again into a living hope. Earth is passing away. But those who do the will of God will abide forever. You are a sure hope.
0: This has been another edition of a Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Thanks for tuning in. Sometimes it's helpful to know what your boundaries are, what the acceptable parameters are for living your life. In this book, John made it clear to those he was writing to the differences or contrast between light and dark truth versus lies, and Christ versus the Antichrist. These are opposites of one another, because like all of life, there is a constant reminder of good and evil, of sin and righteousness. Throughout God's Word, He provides clues and instructions of what things are good and right. He also gives warning of what's wrong and sinful. So John's writing is a reminder of the boundaries God's put in place for your benefit. This is not any kind of punishment or consequence. On the contrary, it's to give you more freedom and to allow you to live life to the fullest here on earth and beyond. Is your heart waging war between these things that John has written about? Are you wrestling between loving the world and loving God? If you'd like to talk to someone about the things that you've heard today, please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number 609-884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers. And know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. Feel free to listen to more messages like this on our website, AssureHopeRadio.com. Be sure to join us again next time here on A Sure Hope.